Uh, recording in an uncharacteristically dry location. Today, welcome to Hand of Pod. ceiling replaced, and this means that although it's raining today, um, I'm able to sit on my sofa without being dripped on, which is wonderful, so we, uh, we are sitting on, on my sofa, um, and I'm with, we, is, is myself, Sam Kelly, and English Dan. Hello, welcome, I can confirm I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm dry as a bone, so, excellent, good work. It's almost like living in the first world. Um, the, uh, the other thing that we're doing this week is recording much earlier than usual, for which reason we might not have many questions, because I completely forgot to tweet about asking for questions until just now. Um, but we'll see how that goes. We have a weekend to talk about, of football. Um, Dan, I think I know which results stood out most for you. Ah, definitely, yeah. Um, we had Central again. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Uh, Racing, glorious Racing, and uh, Matassa Merlum won their second game in a row. I assume that the guys last week devoted about half an hour on the one that went over Olimpo, so I won't go into that, but it was the second win in a row. Uh, 3-1 away to Gimnasia, and yeah, a really good result. It was good to see um, Luciano Vieto get back in amongst the goals. He got his second and third of the season, and the other goal came from a young man called Gaston Campi, who played his second match. He's a 21-year-old defender who Merlo drafted in against Olimpo to um given given the standards that Racing have been playing with so far this season, Campy's yeah. got to be the revelation of the tournament already, right? Oh completely. Like he's ca- he came in yeah. well, he came in against Olimpo, he's got a hundred percent record for Racing this season. Not many players can say that. And he's about two metres fifty tall or something. Oh he's massive, like he should be a basketball player. And funnily enough, uh, two of Racing's goals came from his headers. Mm. Which is very good to see because Ever since, I can remember almost, ever since I was a small boy, uh, Racing have been absolutely dire at set pieces. I think probably four goals in the last three years have come from set pieces. That's a complete guess and joke, but it's not far off. And yeah, so to see those two goals go in was very encouraging indeed. And yeah, just a much better performance. Um, Vichar played much better out on the right. Uh, De Paul, who'd been... Yeah, Vichar was not poor, because although Vichar's the captain, I actually thought he was quite poor against Don Impot the previous week. Uh, sorry, yeah, I, I think of him as the captain. He's the, right. you know, the driving presence in the outfield. Yeah, him um, and Ortiz, kind of. I thought in the Olimpo win, which of course was the one that took all that weight yeah. off Racing, I thought Vichar was actually quite sort of yeah, poor. Yeah, first half he was he, dreadful. He, he seemed to spend most of the second half just arguing with the referee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he did play very well the other day. Yeah, um, no, it was very good to see. We've mentioned a few times, really, about Racing that they haven't always. It's not as if they've been playing terribly. They've just no, had you can, some matches they've, yeah. they've had really. Some matches they have played absolutely awfully, um, but some matches they've just seemed to have really, really bad luck. Yeah, if you look at the results, there's a lot of one nils and you know really tight matches that could have gone either way against Newells, for example. Probably the best example, <coughs> and also against um, Vélez, which ended um, one nil. And yeah, they just haven't been able to take the chances when they came. You know, let's not excuse the team; they've been dire for 
massive stretches of this season. But yeah, there's also been a little bit of bad luck. I failed to take chances. The odd, you know, defensive howler coming back to um, to haunt them. Mm. But the best thing, you know, is six points from six uh, in the last two games. Merlo, you know, it's got the crowd back on the team side, and most importantly, we're not bottom anymore. Indeed. Yeah, you're not. Uh, that's not entirely down to the results, it must be said. Uh, the reason that Racing are no longer bottom um, is that Colón de Santa Fe have had six points taken off. Yes. Um, by because Peter. of an ex-Racing player, which is Yeah. So in a way, you've earned it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Colón signed... I've forgotten his name. Mar- I don't know if it's his first name. I'm going to guess for Martin Wagner. Wagner is course, the second. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Colón signed Martin Wagner from Atlante. It's not going to be Colón um, uh, <laughs> signed somebody called Wagner um, from Atlante in 2008 from uh, in, in in Mexico, um, and they just thought they'd sign him and not bother paying the transfer fee, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. So FIFA have, have been talking to AFA and to force them. Uh, it was either. AFA give Colón a six-point um, yeah. penalty or Argentina get kicked out of the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, Colón have got a six-point penalty. Julio Grandona is now trying to um, see what he can do about getting the transfer fee paid and taking the penalty away from Colón. Because apparently if they continue not paying it, they could be forced with uh, <coughs> automatic relegation. Yeah. Um, Which would obviously be a bit of a, a, bit of a shambles. Indeed, it would. Uh, as a result of that, Colón only have six points in spite of the fact they've actually won 12 points. Um, Racing have eight, so this is why the Racing are off the bottom of the table. Yep. It must be said that if Racing can win next weekend, then there is a chance they might actually go level on points with someone else on merit, because Olimpo <laughs> are only three points ahead of them. Yeah, to be honest, next weekend uh, they're playing Argentinos Juniors, and it's um, a massive game because you know, this awful start to the season. It's a big relegation clash. Yeah, I mean, Racing are massively affected by relegation they've still got what a 10 point 12 point yeah. cushion at the moment but uh, in that time where or two ago, they can find a win from anywhere yeah yeah. Um, so a win against Argentinos I mean even now if they reverse massive. their previous form for the rest of the season they're going to start 2014 with Brown oh yeah yeah Brown thinking of next season like at least we've still we've got 60 points in the bank which mm. is a big a big cushion you know we can look towards what 40 this year and we're pretty much safe for, uh, for another year yeah, um, Argentinos, who, as Dan's just said, are Racing's next opponents, uh, had scored twice in their previous seven matches. Um, so, of course, it was entirely predictable that they would beat Olimpo 4-0 in uh, La Paternal. Olimpo, remember, were three games unbeaten, yeah. which was a bit of a surprise in itself. It's a little by three red cards, you, you might say. Indeed, although they scored two of the goals in the first 13 minutes before any red cards had been shown. And then Olimpo got a bit messy after the Oof. after the break. Jonathan Blanco, Damian Murto, and Fernando Mesa all got all got sent off. Olimpo also have a guy on a two-match suspension from the previous weekend for doing something I can't remember who. So they're going to have four players suspended for the next round. Essentially, um, what how Gimnasia were going into the wrestling game. If, yeah, you know, I admitted that maybe a little un <coughs> unobjectively, but they had about five players missing because three of it three got sent off against Arsenal. Of course, right? they did. Yeah, I've forgotten. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hernan Bochero and Daniel Michalba scored for Argentinos in the first half. Just fairly scrappy, ordinary goals. The second half was a very good goal from Juan Ramirez and an almost equally good one from Enrique Triverio. Um, so Argentinos gets some breathing room. I think they're still... Uh, no, they're way down still. They are still very much in the relegation zone, but they've climbed out of... Sorry, they're not in the relegation zone is what I was saying. They've climbed out of the relegation zone. They're still in the, in the, the general battle. 
Oh, they are still in the relegation. Yeah. The second bottom. Yeah. Oh, that shows how much attention I've been paying. Um, uh, I want to mention Arsenal versus All Boys because I don't think it should have been played. Did you watch it? Uh, yes, I watched a fair bit of that. It had been raining. It wasn't by Buenos Aires but, standards. It certainly wasn't torrential rain, but it was very long and, and it was just long, long rain all day, yeah. quite early in the morning. Yeah. Um, and the pitch in Sarandí was completely waterlogged, particularly the in the first half, the sort of Arsenal right wing slash All Boys left back area. Every time the ball went down there, it just stopped. Yeah. And there were players slipping over. I couldn't believe that the match went to head. Um, always managed to, to rescue a 1-1 draw from that one. Um, and the following match, later on Friday oh, night... Oh, what a match. Colón hadn't scored in seven matches. Mm. By the time they did manage to score, um, they had leapfrogged the 1993 Newell's team into third place in the list of longest runs in Argentine football history without scoring. There you go. I can't remember exactly how, min- how many minutes it was. Um, and then they added a second. I mean, against the best team in the in yeah. the country, it was quite ridiculous. And with the fans <coughs> chanting against the president, a six points yeah. penalty hanging over their heads. Yeah, precisely. Um, there's a lot of, of off-field stuff going on at Colón lately. It's, it's not a happy place to be. And they were two 0 up against Newell's. Um, the other thing that we should mention before we say what happened next is that during the week, everybody in the country almost who enjoys watching Newell's football have been pleading with Alfredo Berti to put David Trezeguet up front mm. because Newell's have made a habit just in the last few weeks of dominating possession, yeah. creating lots of chances and not being not able to score enough. Fabian Munoz playing as, as the false nine and they've not got so much of a focal point in their attack. Uh, Berti looked like he was going to do that towards the start of the week and then he went back on it and he gave a press conference explaining why. He said he thought Trezeguet was, was going to be better coming off late but that Munoz would be would be the man to score earlier on well he was half right indeed say. yes um, and then David Trezeguet came off the bench in oh, at half time in fact he, he replaced Munoz ten minutes after which Colón took that 2-0 lead and then Trezeguet scored twice to make it 2-2 um, Trezeguet apparently is going to start for Niels this coming weekend yeah I can't see how they're going to they're going to leave him out plus the weekend's game is a massive one. It is indeed. Top of the table clash. And we shall get onto it a little bit later. The other uh, results Godoy Cruz and Belgrano, fairly dull 1 1 draw. Gimnasia uh, versus Racing, we've already mentioned, and Argentinos against Olimpo. Those were the three of the four Saturday games. The other um, was a match in which Atletico Rafaela took a 2 0 lead away to Rosario Central, and Rosario Central in the second half came back to win 3 2 in spite of missing two penalties. It's a third consecutive win, right? Central since the Clásico it was yeah. The amazing how that's won. changed things you know. then they beat Belgrano and now they've beaten Rafaela yeah. and suddenly they've shot up the relegation table um, obviously they need to keep the run going in order yeah. to, to not be in the fight but it was an amazing match did you, did you catch much of it? Saturday I didn't no, I can't say it was fantastic one of the two penal- missed penalties that I mentioned was was saved and then the, the almost the rebound the sort of next attack on was, was put in the net the other one was just was you know the, the the third goal didn't come from the um, Abreu, from penalty at Abreu all. missed one, right? Yeah, yeah. Abreu had one saved, which was the one towards the end, um, which was in about the seventy eighth minute or something. Yeah. And then a few minutes after that, and then Encino scored what turned out to be the winner. Um, Encino's making something of a habit of scoring winners lately because he mm. scored the winner in the Clásico as well um, a couple so of rounds ago. Basically, the the moral is, if you want to see entertaining games, you've got to watch Santa Fe derbies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Precisely. Um, Rafaela is a town in Santa Fe province, which is why Dan says this. That leaves Central yeah, and Rafaela goals in two games, yeah. level on 21 points. Uh, if Newell's drop points again this weekend, Central might just about be able to 
look at a title <laughs> challenge because if Central win got a lot and Newell's yeah, lose they, they can then be four points behind um, it also leaves in terms of the relegation table Central are yeah way well out of it they're up in seventh but we know that that can change <laughs> indeed then on Sunday we had another 3-2 but it wasn't quite as dramatic Lanus no. raced into a fully deserved 3-0 lead to Tigre and then decided to take the last 10 minutes off <laughs> um, and Tigre scored twice in three minutes to pull it back and make it look a bit more of a match than it actually was um, there's not really much to be said for that apart from the fact that it was Lanus third win in a row I think it was um, and also the third match in a row in which they'd scored three goals this is in all competitions yeah. including last night's match no not including last ah, night. Wow. The, the third that was the third league match in a row in which yeah. they scored three goals um, Quilmes and Vélez drew 1-1 that was effectively a Vélez reserve side they're putting everything into the Copa Sudamericana San Lorenzo versus Oof. Boca Juniors the big title challenge match uh, between two of the, the sort of chasing pack ended 1-0 to San Lorenzo could have ended 3-0 to San Lorenzo and Boca mm. wouldn't have had too much complaint even Daniel Angelisi Boca's president said this after the match um, that they were awful basically yeah which, I, I wouldn't go as far as awful but very timid you know they after half time didn't they, really want to pay they, they improved after half time yeah. but in the first half they were really didn't play much at all no. I saw the first half of that game to be fair and I didn't see the second half and yeah First half, they really didn't offer much. Um, there's not much to say about that one, really. Angel Correa got the winner just after half time, about a minute into the second half. Um, there's a couple of missed penalties, right? Or uh, nothing. There was a yeah. I know San Lorenzo missed the penalty yeah, in the first half. Tiki Perez, um, Claudio Perez had a penalty saved towards the end, which would have given Boca yeah. a draw. That's the second match in a row in which he's taken a penalty. To equalise yeah. pocket because of and course San Lorenzo had one in the first half. I think it was an Erebus handball. But <laughs> oh, of course, it's not like on that. You're right. Yeah, but I can't remember from whom. Um, now I? But there we go. And then uh, the final match of the weekend was River Plate against the Estudiantes, two sides who don't tend to produce many goals. No. So of course it went over two and a half goals. Um, River managed to cut short their sequence of six, I think it was six matches without a, a goal, uh, thanks to Juan Carlos Menseges, the man who uh, every River Plate fan has been begging to see on the pitch mm. for months. Yeah, I've played it. Um, Menseges is the guy who River signed, it's having first game since basically from having not, right? not had a club. He's, he's been out injured for two years. Uh, he was playing for San Lorenzo, they let him go. And River uh, this season said, "Yep, you can come to us." Well, what, no, it wasn't even that. Like Diaz had him as a top priority. Like, yes, yeah, precisely. Yeah, I'm, I'm understating it slightly. I'd like to see the right. details behind that transfer. You know, not to shine a light on the fact that Argentine transfers aren't always that altruistic. But it, I think as much as anything, he knew they needed another uh, another attacker, and then Segas is going free. Um, <laughs> so I think that'll be it. But yes, I mean, certainly, there's, it's difficult not to wonder whether there's something dodgy. Um, Roman Martinez and Carlos Alski scored uh, before half-time for Estudiantes, so they came from behind to win 2-1. Uh, first time Estudiantes have scored more than once this season there you go. in a match. Um, and yet another home defeat for River. River lost to Colón, quite surprisingly, in about the fourth or fifth round of the season. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time they'd lost at home in, like, ten and a half months. And now, and now they've it. lost, if we include last night, they've lost five times in the Monumental in the last month and a bit. Um, what happened last night, Sam? Do you want to talk about it? Last night, River uh, played, hosted Lanús in the second leg of the Copa Sudamericana tie, which we talked about last week as well. Um, as you will remember if you heard last week's episode, the first leg result was a nil-nil draw. Uh, last night's result was a 3-1 win to Lanús with... Goals from... 
Santiago Silva, Diego Gonzalez, and I didn't see the second half, so you'll have to film it. Uh, Teo Gutierrez, got a late consolation yeah. for River. Teo's making a bit of a habit of scoring goals for ah, River Victor that don't Rashana. mean anything. Victor um, Asiana uh, completed the route. I, I paid absolutely no attention to the second half, to be honest. Because, uh, I mean, it was just it was game over from the moment um, Diego Gonzalez headed in in the sixth minute. Yeah. Because River aren't going to score twice. You know this, they, they find it hard enough to score once uh, these days. Well, this means, first of all, that Lanús are in the semi-final of the Copa Sudamericana. We will find out uh, later tonight, um, which probably means that you'll already know by the time you listen to this, um, who their opponents will be. It will be either Vélez Sarsfield, if Vélez win, or the winners of the other semi-final, I think, if, if they don't. Because, of course... They rejig the draw if two Argentine sides, or indeed two sides from the same country, against the semis. And I don't think the draw would put them against um, Ponte Preta. Why not? Because I think they'd be playing Vélez because they're Argentine, oh, rather okay. than because oh, that's okay. the draw, if oh, you see what I mean. Um, so they'd be playing, I believe, the winner of the uh, Itagui against uh, Libertad, who play later tonight. And the other thing is that Lanús are in the Copa Libertadores. That's the more important thing, in fact, because, of course... Nobody cares about the Sudamericana. Uh, it's difficult to say that today without being accused of just, oh, you're only saying that because you're a River fan. Um, it happens to be true. It's certainly the, it, it, it was the biggest story. It, it's, it's, not, it's been reported as Lanús have qualified for the Sudamericana, not Lanús are in the semis of the, of the Sudam- yeah. uh, sorry, Lanús have qualified for the Libertadores. Whoever lost between River and Lanús, those two sides are next in line to take the remaining spot from the league if Newells or Arsenal win the championship. So there's still a fairly good chance that River themselves will be in the Libertadores anyway, as long as Newells or Arsenal win the Torneo Inicial. And, for a hypothetical situation, if either Lanús or Vélez go on to win the Copa Sudamericana, Mm. which has its own place apart from everything, Mm. who takes their place? I don't think you get a... Do you get a place in the Libertadores for winning the Sudamericana? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because do you remember Independiente made it a couple of years ago but that was for being the best Argentine side no that was before oh ok that came in uh, oh you're right yeah that's only that only came in a couple of years ago sorry last year Um, hmm I'm not sure I don't think anybody's considered that actually Um, so well hmm. we should see someone someone will go in I don't think even AFA have decided yet no I don't think it'll be the team that the second highest number of yellow cards over the season or something I think they should just send all boys why not? I'm desperate to see all boys in continental competition. Just hear that chant all across the continent. Um, <laughs> it's not happy times for River, though, at the moment. No. Daniel Passarella decided earlier, announced on, I think it was Monday, that he's not going to stand for re-election, uh, which, which was quite a happy day, in fact, for most River fans. Uh, they didn't want to see him stand for re-election, which means that it's now a straight runoff between Rodolfo Donofrio and... Ah, Caselli. Caselli, thank you, Antonio. Yes, Caselli for the River presidency. Whether either of these guys are any different, really, from the the mob who've been running the club for the last however many years. 50 years, 60 um, years. I don't know. You know, of course, they talk a good game and they say, oh, we're going to do this and this and we're we're River fans, but uh, you never really know until they're in power, which is the... The, the dangerous thing uh, but I River are going to have yeah. to make it makes Ramon Diaz's future much more much less certain Diaz after the match last night was mm. supporting Passarella fully saying he's been a good president right. but of course Diaz would do this Passarella's yeah. the boss um, well I've always wondered this about <coughs> River if I can jump in for a second you know it's kind of an outsider's point of view I've spoken to a few River fans and on the whole they're kind of negative about Passarella but I think really the moment where he went wrong was kind of hitching himself so tightly to Ramon Diaz mm. 
because you know it kicked out Almeida just just like that. You yeah. know, maybe it needed a change, maybe not. But you know, as a coach, you got you to the Premier Division, the first first attempt in the Minion to shine. Now that that's no mean feat. And as we said, when they changed managers, yeah. um, Almeida wasn't doing that badly. No, not at all. Uh, he was he was doing okay. It wasn't challenging for the title, but he was doing respectfully in yeah. in, in Rivers' first season back. Um, I think also I think that Diaz is Argentina's just most overrated coach. Horrifically overrated. And the thing is that something that is that is almost surprising to see now is that there are River fans who'd agree with you all of a sudden. Yeah. There are River fans saying now that all of the trophies that Diaz won the first time round were down to Francescoli or down yeah. to uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's quite remarkable. Um, maybe not down to Crespo so much in fact because uh, Crespo himself has recently said depending on who the next president is it would be a pleasure to begin my managerial career at River um, and rather than being welcomed with open arms I've seen quite a few River fans uh, being retweeted by various accounts on Twitter saying fuck off Crespo basically because <laughs> Crespo of course refused to, uh, yeah. to come back and play for the club before yeah, retiring that's not so much what he did in the past though, when he was there oh no I agree completely I, just, I, I think that a lot of River fans will be reluctant now to give the, the credit for those titles to him even though he yeah. played a big part in them um, so it's going to be very interesting the elections for River are next month um, and no doubt we'll be covering them in more depth I think we really need to try and get Joel onto one of these pods quite soon Indeed. maybe to the point of actually working around uh, when he's able to although that's basically never um, but of course Joel, Joel is our man for internal river politics at the moment so we need to try and, and do some kind of special because I'm sure everybody wants to hear about the, the elections of, oh, of course. the clubs um, Grip and stuff. River's upcoming fixtures are not particularly appealing either they must have Racing soon right? they have got Vélez this coming weekend away um, then they've got Olimpo at home, which should be a winner, it is. should be, yeah. But the way River are playing at the moment, if you can't score goals, then you can't win matches. Uh, then they're away to Racing, which is going to be tasty, particularly if Racing have had time to build up ahead of steam in a couple of weeks' time as well. Uh, then at home to Argentinos, and then in the final round of the Torneo Inicial, they're away to Quilmes. So it's not a, it's not the hardest uh, no. run of fixtures, but given the form that they're in at the moment. I mean, maybe at home to Olimpo, but apart from that, there aren't really any yeah, of those no matches that you look at and think, yeah, they're definitely going to win that, um, to, to end the season on a positive note. So, yeah, Ramon Diaz, um, not uh, not well in with the fans at the moment at River. No, um, really a indeed. We're going to, to go away now and, and come back in a second and answer some uh, listeners' questions. We've had, you know, one or two. Uh, one of which looks like we've just answered it, in fact. So don't go anywhere. Okay, here we go. The first question is from Joel Richards, who is trying to stir up some trouble, asking why we record at such ridiculous times. Uh, Joel knows very well why we record at such ridiculous times, because he was hopeful of, of trying to, to get along to record with us today. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to dignify that with a response, Joel. No. Sorry. We record whenever the hell we like. He, he is copied into the email chains. He knows our reasons. Uh, 
Elizabeth, Lakeside Lizzie, asks, how do you get nail polish out of the carpet? Oh, you mean a football question. Sorry, got nothing. That's all right, Lizzie. Nail polish out of the carpet. Can you use nail polish remover? You might be able to. I see any more. Does that burn the carpet? I don't know. I don't have carpets. Or nail polish. I'd go for nail polish remover, but... What do I know? Yeah. Uh, Mark Moorhead, we've finally got a proper one, um, asks, how is Palermo judged to be doing at Godoy Cruz, given that he's doing a good but understated job and yet can't get them out of the promedio positions? I think we've mentioned it on, on the pod a few times that since Palermo is out in Mendoza and uh, working at a club that's never been you know, one of the big teams, he sort of just flies under the radar. If he wasn't Palermo, no one would talk about him at all. Exactly, yeah. Uh, he, he gets yeah. more... Attention than any other Godoy yeah. Cruz manager would get, or, or indeed has got. Um, I but mean, I don't know any Godoy Cruz fans, so I can't say if he's loved or hated there. But I get the feeling they're, they're fairly happy with him. He gets some good results. But it's funny that they seem to turn in decent seasons, but they just can't quite get get out of that um, get out of those relegation places. Is it because just before Palermo came, they had a shocking season? I think so, right? Uh, yes, uh, yeah, they, they like that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, he's doing a, yeah good but understated. I'd say is the best way to describe how he's doing it. Bongoda Cruz. Indeed. Um, and I think in terms of the local media, no one's really judging him at this stage. No. Uh, if anything, they're being perhaps kind to him, given that he's Palermo. But it's his apprenticeship basically before he takes over Boca. I exactly. think everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, Sandy asks, I'd like to know your updated predictions for Primera relegations and B Nacional promotions. Oof. So let's get those relegation tables up again. Well, I think Olimpo, you can say, uh, are going down. Uh, I'm going to say Olimpo, definitely down. Um, the, the other two relegation spots at the moment are filled by Argentinos and All Boys, um, but we've just above them, we've got Godoy Cruz actually level on points with All Boys, um, so that would require a playoff. Uh, if the two finish like that, it would require them to play one match in a neutral venue to decide who goes down. Uh, then we've got Colón just above them, Quilmes and Tigre, Rafaela, and I mean just possibly Racing, as we mentioned, could get sucked down if they if they go back to having really poor form. But it seems unlikely. Um, I'm going to say Olimpom, Olboys, and Tigre. I think Tigre are going to get sucked down. You reckon? Yeah, I got a feeling. I don't know why. I'm going for Colón. Yeah. I, I'm going for Olimpo, Olimpo All Boys and Colón. Um, Colón, okay, the, the six-point penalty has hit them severely, uh, but they're not in good form anyway. No. They did all right in the first couple of rounds of the season, and since then they've, they've done awfully, uh, with the exception, of course, of the draw against Newell's. Uh, but even then, throwing away a 2-0 lead uh, tells them quite a bit about why they're in the position that they're in. Yes. I, I, I think that Colón have got a lot of improving to do. So yeah. I'm, I'm going for Olimpo. All boys and Colón um, as the relegated sides in the National B, the promoted teams. Well, I think everybody thinks Banfield are going to come up. Yeah. Let's um, bring up the table. The problem with this, of course, is we're still so early on in the season. Mm. Um, it's only fifteen rounds into a forty-two match season. Yeah. Um, but Banfield are, are running away with it. Defensive Justicia are doing very well as well. Uh, they're only a point behind. In fact, thirty-three for Banfield, thirty-two for Defensive Justicia. And then 25 for third place, Dunion, 24 for Instituto, 24 for Independiente. Yeah. I'm going to go for Banfield and Independiente, I think, are going to come up. Um, and it's hard to see defensives this year keeping up their current form, yeah. isn't it? I think so. I'm going to go for Banfield, Union, and Instituto. Okay. I'm tempted to go for Instituto for my third as well, actually. Um, 
partly just because it would be great fun to have a quarter of a derby back in the Premier League. We apologise for the dog. He was barking earlier as well before Dan got here. <laughs> so, yeah, Banfield um, are definitely coming up, according to both of us. You don't yes. think Independiente are going to do it, Dan? No. Okay. Is that because you don't want them to, or because you don't think they are? Uh, both. Oh, I see. <laughs> uh, Andres asks, does Daniel Passarella's withdrawal mean that future River Plate president will be either Caselli or Donofrio? I think we've already answered that. Apparently, yeah, this yeah. is all I've been hearing, I think. been covering this story for the last few days. Uh, that dog's starting to get on my nerves. At least Zombie didn't, you know, make noise. He just annoyed us. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks like those two are the, the big front runners. A possible dark horse is um, Carlos Avila. Mm-hmm. was the founder of um, Torneos y Competencias of course see a person who's been around in football for a long time but he's definitely one of the outsiders now so yeah um, since I mean, let's not say definitively that Pasarela um, is out because things can change very quickly but I'll be surprised to see him even if he does run he's, he'd have a hell of a job convincing um, the 2000 River fans who vote that he's the man for the job Indeed, yeah, um, which I suspect is, is why he's not voting. Um, Joel asks, has Ramon Diaz been relegated, as suggested by today's press? When he says relegated, what he means is, is what I was hinting at earlier, really, is that the fans have lost confidence. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he has, mm-hmm. at least in the public eye. Um, he's, we, we have a lay-up here saying that the, the people have pointed out uh, Ramon as the, the main uh, person <laughs> responsible um, for the, the failure of this, uh, this semester, this half of the year, mm-hmm. um, even ahead of the, the players and the directors. Um, yeah, I and I think you, you have to look at, I mean, R- River's uh, strategies, are t- even when they've looked decent and they've looked unlucky not to score, they still look like a team who are just throwing everything forward and, and hoping something sticks rather than a team playing with a plan. Um, compare them to Newell's or to San Lorenzo. There's just no comparison. No, they're far, far behind. Indeed. Um, so yes, the answer to that is, is yes, Joel. Um, Phil Carney asks, what's the reaction been to Lanus crushing victory over River? Very funny, Phil. Uh, is Ramon Diaz coming under pressure? Yeah. Uh, yeah, as we've, essentially as we've said that they've started to turn against him. Uh, as I kind of hinted to Phil via his Lanus in English account uh, last, uh, last night when he tweeted that Lanus are in the semi-final. That's not really been the main focus at all. The main focus for Lanus' point of view is that they're in the Libertadores. Um, yeah, I think they'd still like to get a European, uh, South American trophy even. I'm sure they would. I mean, if they get to the yeah. final... People will, will notice, Definitely. but nobody cares about the Sudamericana. He also asks how much attention or praise is Guillermo Barros Esquiloto getting for his work at Lanús? Is he a shoe in as the next Boca manager? Oof. I wouldn't say shoe in. No, um, not shoe in. It's going to be between him and Palermo. I think people are noticing him more than Palermo, partly yeah. because Lanús tend to be a bit higher up the table. Uh, they're not at the moment, obviously, yeah. in, in, in the torneo inicial, um, and partly because he's closer to Buenos Aires. Indeed, yeah, I think. He's been a bit unlucky. Everyone's focused on, you know, in the aftermath of this game, how shit River are and how um, how much in trouble Ramon is, without really giving credit to um, Barak Kiloto, I think, which is, you know, I guess inevitable if you're a club, you know, if you're the coach of a smaller team and you take down a giant, like the recriminations kind of outweigh the price. But I think he, you know, over the two legs, he. Did excellently, like I thought. Lanús kind of controlled the tempo for both of the games. Uh, didn't quite take their chances in the first leg, but you know, in the second leg, it all went right for him. And yeah, he's you know, was he two years there? And he's he's created a very like very strong, very solid team. 
Mm. You know, that can be very exciting at times as well. So, no, all power to him. He's, you know, done excellently at Lenos. Indeed. Indeed he is. Um, that's, that's it. Those are all the questions that we have had. Um, I will now play Mystic Sam's theme music and give you Mystic Sam's predictions for the weekend to come. Here we go. The results this weekend are going to be a draw between Atletico Rafaela and Godoy Cruz in Rafaela. Uh, Olimpo versus Quilmes is also going to be a draw, as is All Boys versus Gimnasia y Crima La Plata. Estudiantes are going to beat Rosario Central and put an end to that uh, impressive run of, of wins for Central. Newell's Old Boys and San Lorenzo, the big top of the table clash. San Lorenzo would leapfrog Newell's if they won, uh, but they're not going to. They're going to get a draw. Um, and Boca are going to be the main beneficiaries in that Boca and Arsenal. Staying on the fence there, Sam. Indeed, I am. Uh, Belgrano versus Colón is going to be a home win. Racing are going to win against Argentinos Juniors. To add some context, that is only the second time this season I have predicted a Racing win. What was the other one? The, the other was in the third round. Which wasn't the win. Which, no, no, it very much wasn't the win. <laughs> Boca Juniors are going to beat Tigre, thus taking advantage of the fact that Newells and San Lorenzo will have both dropped points. Um, and tightening up the title race significantly. Vélez Sarsfield uh, are going to, well, I don't know whether it's going to be quite so much Vélez winning as River losing, um, but Vélez v River is going to be a home victory, and Lanús v Arsenal on Monday night is going to be a draw. Do you have anything to argue with particularly there, Dom? Uh, I'd put Nios as favourites to beat San Lorenzo, and therefore go a little bit further ahead. Uh, Racing, um, you know, they're on top, they've Got the ability to win against Argentinos, but I think Caruso always makes it difficult when he goes back to um, to Arsenia. And then, yeah, not too bad. A lot of, a lot of home wins, I think, following the pattern, not a single away win. No. Well, it's been a very home win-heavy yeah. um, season, as we've mentioned That's a few times. Apart from last round, there was a few. Uh, yeah, the last round there were... Well, yeah, the last round there were... Um, well, Estudiantes, Lanús and Racing. So, yeah, from... Mm. Uncharacteristically high for this season. That's it. That's that's your lot for this week. Uh, Next week is the 125th episode of Hand of Pod. It's also the third birthday of Hand of Pod. Uh, We recorded our first ever episode uh, three years ago next Wednesday. So we'll be celebrating that. We'll probably just record a normal episode and then go out for a meal afterwards or something. so do tune in for that one. Uh, please share us with your with your friends if you if you like us. And if, well, and if you don't, in fact, really, yeah. uh, just if you think we're nice people. Um, and we'll be back next weekend to to review the big Newell San Lorenzo clash and to talk about the deepening of River Plate's crisis and Racing's continued good form, no doubt. Um, but for now, it's thank you very much for listening and goodbye from Mr. Edwards. Goodbye, and I hope you enjoyed it. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye.